You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to the Nintendo Club Podcast Level 5. My name is Mike Greentree. Joining me as always is Timothy Chatton. How are you going, Timothy? Doing fantastic. Wonderful. Now, Tim, what... Actually, instead of talking about what games... Have I went to Best Buy, Mark, and got awesome free stuff. I was going <laughs> to ask about that. You you showed off all this free stuff and and got me jealous, and, and you showed pictures of what they were doing at Best Buy, and, and again, got me jealous. With, tell us about it. What was it like? So this was the Best Buy Nintendo experience during E3. I went the Saturday of... Um, it was 90 minutes away from my Best Buy, so three hours of driving to do this. Uh, totally worth it. Um, and so what you got for going at my location, at least, I got a nice Luigi hat. I got some Mario Kart flags. I got, uh, most importantly, the 30th anniversary Luigi uh, coin, which uh, it's beautiful and well-made, and it's it's a wonderful little uh, coin there. And uh, people were selling this stuff for like hundred bucks on eBay. I'm hanging on to my stuff, but uh, oh, yeah, hang on so, to it definitely. I, I, mean, I am. Look, you know, you can sell it later on, and it'll be worth a. Oh sure, I could bundle with the uh, Luigi U uh, disc, which is also going to be limited edition. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, the big part was you got to play all these games that aren't coming out till later this year or next year. So I got to play three out of the four demos, which I was quite happy to do. Um, they're about ten minute demos each. I got mm-hmm. to play. Th- Mario Kart 8 first. Okay, uh, I, I've got to know, what's that like? Is it... Now, now you've played the, the standard Wii version and the, the Mario Kart 7. In my opinion, Mario Kart 7 trumps the standard Wii version. It's much more polished, a better game. Well, it game. basically combines 7 and the Wii into one cool experience. Plus, the big thing was they added anti-gravity mode. Yep. So basically, this is a purple boost ramp you drive on and then you're in anti-gravity mode uh, driving on walls and ceilings Uh and it adds a new dimension of where you can go so there's now diversions in the road where you're able to go either way in many cases or they force you sometimes but most time it's you choose do you want to go this way or that way and that creates a whole new element of which way do you go and things like that Um, and it's cool visually seeing stuff upside down and to the side and um, so uh, that was really cool. Um, you have the you have on the gamepad regular controls, analog sticks, or you could tilt it like the Wii wheel. The Wii wheel controls are still supported if you want to use that. Um, overall, really polished, really fun, you know, game. I played mm-hmm. a two player, and um, uh, it's so good. I mean, <laughs> I had so much fun with that. Jealous, jealousy yeah. tag, any, any jealousy tag. tag. So, so what other demos did you uh, have a chance to play as well? So I played everything except the Zelda. So Mario Kart 8 comes out uh, 2014, and that was fun to play. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yep. So I played Mario 3D World as my next game. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of Mario 3D Land, which is on the 3DS. And this only added to it. It was a lot of fun using the cat suit to explore the worlds. I played two-player, and it was really fun throwing the other player and um, doing, you know, talking to the other person and kind of exploring different areas. And a uh, very polished game. It, it really felt um, it felt like it's me one of my favorite Mario games when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, combined the best of Mario Galaxy and Mario 3D Land in one kind of cool experience, you know. Um, so that was really cool to play. And the odd thing was in the demo, at least for players two through four or whatever it was they had to use the wii remote in the d-pad which yep. it's a 3d platformer and i thought that's not gonna work that's gonna be terrible oh that works and perfectly 
it worked pretty well. Um, I, of course, think the analog sticks would work better, um, mm-hmm. but the defect actually worked quite well. I mean, it, it succeeded there, I think. Yeah, well, certainly, uh, like a game, and, and we'll talk more about this later in the show, I've been playing Metroid Other M uh, this last week, and that uses the the Wii Remote as, as, you know, the traditional style controller, and then you turn it and face it towards the screen, and then you've got another sort of zoom mode to where you can go into a, a more 3D world. and So that is kind of cool. It, it's I like when they get the controls, they modify them, and it, it sort of harps back to old school, but it, it really feels right and it just gels with the game. It's a good game experience in my opinion. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. The Wii Remote is like the only remote made or controller made today with the D-pad as its primary control, but you can mm-hmm. add on the nunchuck if you want that as its primary control. So it's it's kind of interesting because the gamepad has a D-pad, but with it being in the secondary control, it's not as comfortable, so I always use the directional pad. Yep. Uh, it's kind of interesting that they still have that as a, a way to do stuff, and I think it worked pretty well. I think uh, the gamepad with the, re- an- uh, the analog sticks will be much better. Um, so I think this one was really well done. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff to explore when you're playing it, um, and I'm excited to do that. Um, the other one I played is Donkey Kong Country uh, Tropical Freeze, and this was a great sequel to Donkey Kong Country Returns, which I just finished uh, moments before recording the show. Um, so I played a two-player, and that was really cool. I was Donkey Kong, he was Diddy Kong, and there's also mm-hmm. Dixie in this one. Um, it's basically a better. It's basically a sequel to the one we've had. There's better graphics. You can see the fur, you know, and it was just beautiful to look at. All of these were really beautiful. Um, it forced us to use the Wii Remote and Nunchucks to use it, which um, they said that was a demo only thing. They'll have gamepad and pro controller support. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the Wii kind of uh, shake to ground pound. I, mm-hmm. I really appreciate the 3DS controls and. Uh, so I think that's just for the demo and the final version. Also, you have real controllers, which I'm glad. I'm um, not real, but you know the the, yeah. the ones I like better. You know, but I, uh, I really yeah, like cool. that about Nintendo, though, is that you know there's always been so much criticism over. Hey, we waggled that that Wii remote, uh, you know, by you know PlayStation and Xbox fanboys. But bottom line is that you get uh, an entire variety of different ways that you can enjoy the game and different Mm -hmm. ways you can play it. So, you know, if you've got pro controller support, hey, you know, Xbox, PlayStation guys, you know. Yeah, you have gamepad. You know? Yeah, you have gamepad, you have pro controller, you have the Wii remote, and you even have... um, So on some games, the gamepad has like a Wii bar built into it. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do off-TV play and use the Wii remote, you can actually do that because there's this little... can you? It's in there. So, yeah. Holy um, cow, that's cool. I, it's crazy. I'm not sure I'd ever do that. No, but, but it's, it's, it's cool, isn't it? It's, it's like, crazy. Wow. Like You can play Call of Duty with your Wii remote and can po- use the pointer thing at the gamepad screen, and it works. It's kind of nice. bizarre. I, it's cool. Oh, look, I, I like that idea. That's, that's great. That's... Uh, you know that that's the icing on the cake and the cherry on top. Yeah, I mean they they have they thought through everything, right? I mean, yeah, it's Nintendo, and, and look, 
you know, the the day that they don't release a, a console or a portable system without that D-pad is the day that I'll, I'll say, right, Nintendo's going to help. Because that's, that's been the trademark of Nintendo systems ever since Game & Watch and ever since the original NES. Yeah. It, it's there. It's ingrained in every Nintendo user for decades. Everyone knows what it does. Everyone knows how to make it work. It's a legacy item. You can't... I like the D-pads. If they're, I like the D-pads if they're primary control. On the 3DS positioning, it's frustrating, so I always use analog sticks. Like, it's nice yeah, to so have a primary controller, but um, and there, I think there are many games that benefit from that, so it's cool to have that Wii remote option or the um, Wii version of the SNES controller that I'll use or stuff like that. Yep, um, yep. So, a bit, so those are the three I played. All of them beautiful, and I'll be spending... Hundred and eighty dollars on those very soon. <laughs> um, along with the new Zelda, which is beautiful, I've decided I'm waiting to play this on the Wii U as my first experience because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to spend that same money twice so soon. <laughs> um, so yeah, all the things beautiful and great. Uh, the big thing about this event though was this was a big like official Nintendo gathering of fans and you know regular people that just wandered into the mall. And the cool thing was. The street passing and the friend sharing. I left that store with fifteen to twenty new friend listed people that have already. I've already played Mario Kart online with them, hopped in their game and played with yep. them, and it was a great experience. You know, this every time I took it out of my pocket, the green light was going off, and um, we did local multiplayer for Animal Crossing. I visited mm-hmm. people's towns locally, and it was so much fun having that big meetup there, and exchanging you know all these different friend codes we didn't have to do friend we did local friend uh, exchanging where it just discovers people yep and oh my gosh that was almost the best part of this event where it was like a big meetup for nintendo guys and that was so <laughs> cool that I, I wish that happened like an official nintendo event every three months you're able to play some new games coming out soon and uh the big part is just meeting up with other nintendo guys because i was there from uh basically an hour for hour before it started to 30 minutes i was basically there four hours doing this stuff and i was there that long because it was just a fun hangout and i got it was i was talking and just uh, having a good time with all these other uh, nintendo people you know yep so that's what really uh, made it work for me is the the community aspect of this fantastic it, it sounds like you had a great time so oh, uh, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm suitably jealous as always but that's all right i i can live with my jealousy i'll just uh curse you a little bit later on yeah so yeah i'm gonna once i mean so we just got luigi U. I i mean once august september that, hits, you know what i'm gonna be so here. happy with that and and okay i haven't got the wii u yet um but buy what, the disc when it comes out because it'll be worth a lot pretty soon yeah well it's an exclusive um for 2013 which is absolutely awesome uh but what i think is brilliant about it is the price point um mm. you know Okay, it, it may be built off, you know, Mario U, um, the, the Mario U game, and, yep. but it's different levels and it's a, a totally different game. Yet, yeah, I played the first it's, two it's worlds out uh, last so night. Cheap. It's um, I think twenty it's, bucks in America for DLC or the thirty bucks for the disc. And yeah, I think we, it's we have ten dollars more for each. Um, yep. in, in Australia, which is a fair price. I, you know, ten dollars more given what we normally pay. Um, I, I'm perfectly <laughs> you're happy used with to that. like a hundred fifty dollar games. Or well, anything. not quite, but we're, yeah. we're used to a hundred dollar games. Um, 
Yeah, but, crazy. but no, that that is absolutely superb. And I, you know what? I think really Nintendo are pushing the online store much, much more than they mm-hmm. used to be. Um, Animal Crossing midnight release. I was up at midnight, especially to download oh, wow. Animal Crossing. <laughs> Um, but have you noticed that the prices are really, really aggressive on the the e stores? It's, it's they're like, even doing sales stuff for. I mean, it, it's cool. it's amazing. It it actually makes you go, hey, you know what? For that price, I'm willing to pay for it, knowing that I can't resell it on that. You know, well, I'm gonna buy it twice with this one because <laughs> <laughs> I want that limited edition Luigi uh, box, which is beautiful. It it has green instead of uh, the, so the, all the Wii U boxes are blue, right? Yep. That's the color that we use. This one's all green and beautiful, and I'm gonna buy the disc, even though I'll probably keep it unopened just for the, my collection, you know. Yeah, definitely. But you know, look, the the pricing is great to have a new game at that price, and that's really that price point is where I can turn around and say, you know what? If I had the Wii U, that's the type of price that I'd like to pay for a game. That's what I can. Afford to and a lot of people criticize like twenty bucks for DLC, but you're getting a whole new experience of a game. All 82, 83 levels are brand new. Yep. And 100 second limit, it, it really does change your experience with the game and how Luigi responds, his jumping and um, things like that. Um, I played it through the first two worlds already, and it is a new experience. And for $20, that's craziness, especially when I got the game for 50 bucks on sale, you know. Yep. Um, so it's such a good value, and I'm gonna—it's uh, a twenty-hour experience uh, that was twenty bucks, right? That's yeah, nuts. a dollar an hour. You know, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Now, any other um, E3 news that we missed last week? Yes, that you the, to there catch is up actually. On? I wanted to uh, hit up on the uh, Ubisoft announcements, um, okay. and Ubisoft has always been pro Nintendo. Every time they release something, Ubisoft is there. But what we noticed in the original Nintendo Wii was that we never got things like Assassin's Creed, not even a, a watered-down version. We mm-hmm. got a watered-down version on the DS. It wasn't a bad game on the DS, although the PlayStation Portable version was a much, much better version uh, for a portable version of Assassin's Creed. But we never actually got you know, a, a version, hey, here's your Wii version of Assassin's Creed, go and enjoy. And... It's kind of weird because the, the Wii was a massive seller, so you'd, you'd think that that would be a perfect game to come out, uh, even a watered-down version, but they didn't do it. But thankfully, uh, with the Wii U, uh, Black Flag, Assassin's Creed 4, is coming out. Uh, and a, a launch title was Assassin's Creed 3, so we have that on the Wii U already, so you know, we, that's pretty cool. We, I really just want Ubisoft to, to remaster Assassin's Creed 1 and 2, give it in a double pack, and then, so that Wii U owners have the ability to have all games. I would love mm-hmm. nothing better than to have the entire Assassin's Creed collection on the Wii U. You know, I love Watch Assassin's Dogs Creed. Watch is coming out, which looks really cool. And yes. if they do it right, it'll be the best version of the game as far as the gameplay elements with the, that uh, gamepad integration, mm-hmm. if they do it right. And I think they will. Yeah, you know, they're putting a lot of effort into Nintendo, and uh, hopefully it pays off. Hopefully that you know, the uh, Nintendo users really get some great games out of it. So I, I was super excited to see their lineup. Um, and look, Another thing that we now know is the Sonic Lost uh, World game. Yeah. The pre-orders are up. It's going to be $10 less than the typical $60 game here in America. So 
the uh, Sonic's being uh, Sega's being aggressive with pricing on what I would have easily paid sixty dollars on one of the you know yep. a game I'm very excited for this new Sonic game. That's pretty cool. You know, it, it's good to say that they're getting more into aggressive pricing, lowering the they're entry points. with pricing now. I mean, there's uh, some good sales, and they, you know, it, they're smart with pricing. They're not doing it like the old school way was. Everything is X price because it's a Wii U game or it's a 3DS game. Everything should be X price. Yeah. Animal Crossing was five dollars less. I would have easily paid forty, but uh, you know they're they're thinking about pricing more you than know, just you know. It's funny up. you paid thirty five for that, and out here if I buy the local copy, I've got to pay sixty eight. That's so depressing. Yeah. See, Mark, I, I was going to wait till actually, the end. Actually, I'm, I'm going to go, while, while we're talking, I'm just going to go into the eShop in, in Australia on my 3DS yep. and just see exactly what price Animal Crossing is so that I can so give you, you an accurate it, idea. So good, Mark. <laughs> I, I, I do need to get it at the lower price. It, it, you know, it's it's one of those things that's disappointing because... It's what you want digitally, though, too, because I'm playing it for like 30 minutes a day every day that I'll own my 3DS kind of thing. It, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that because it would get annoying having to tuck the cartridges in and out. Um, I, I look at my so I've played twenty one at twenty one hours already. It came out June tenth here in the states. Uh, so I first played June 9th, I guess, and it's June twenty first now. I played thirty nine times, and my average play time is thirty two minutes. So by that data, it's pretty clear that like this is the game I play for half an hour every yep. day, you know, and it's one you want on your system, you know. <laughs> that, that's cool that you can do that. I mean, that's you know, that that's one of those games that that you'll play for years, really. Yeah. I think I'll play this until I retire my 3DS and move on to the next handheld in three, four years. Um, as far as regionality, have you ever considered buying like a USA Wii U or a 3DS to get the benefit of our pricing? Does it even make sense <sighs> to do that? You know, the, it, there's so many options to work around. You know, if you look at downloading digital content, you can work around that with, you know, sort of masking the router and so forth and confusing the servers. You can import games, but then sometimes the postage, the shipping is just extraordinarily expensive. Because it, you're paying basically 70 bucks for 3DS games, 80 bucks for Wii U games. Versus us, thirty-five or forty for basically paying almost double. I think, uh, I, yeah, I was just wondering if it makes sense to to do that. And I've heard some people have been able to, you know, register their eShop stuff if they are fin- yeah. able to finagle it. But yeah, you do feel kind of dirty trying to do that, right? You, you do, and I don't look. You know, I, I like having the the ability to call Nintendo Australia and get something serviced. My uh, original Wii died after about two years of, of real heavy usage. Sent it back to Nintendo. They sent me a replacement. The replacement's been going fine ever since. If I go with the US version, eh, if a problem happens, yeah. then then I've got issues of getting it back uh, stateside. So, you know, it's a bit of an issue. Now, if I just look at Luigi's Mansion 2, I'm paying, mm-hmm. uh, and this is download, okay? $69.99. Yep. Ours was 40 yeah, just absolutely. <laughs> so, does ridiculous. the pricing uh, over there? I mean, I'd imagine it discourages so you from City. buying new titles, right? It discourages you from buying new releases until they actually come down in price. Even Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D is fifty nine ninety five. Yeah, ours is thirty five here. So that see, our but yeah, con- you're paying console prices or you know TV console prices that we pay here for handheld stuff. That's 
It's just baffling to me the the pricing you have to deal with over there. Um, it's just region issues, and does it, it's Europe have so to deal with that silly. at all? Or? Um, you know what? I actually import a lot of my games from Europe because they end up being cheaper. I can get them, you know, instead of paying seventy dollars, I can get them for forty. Um, so yeah. I actually import a lot from the United Kingdom, from London, and, and so forth. It, it works out it significantly cheaper. It's kind of interesting the whole region thing because. With Nintendo, I, I identify with the Nintendo of America being its own standalone company, and Nintendo of Japan and Nintendo of Europe—they're all different companies within the bigger, bigger, you know, company. Yeah. With Sony, I don't really notice that much of Sony USA versus Sony of Japan or Microsoft of Japan or Europe or whatever it is. It feels like those two companies are more yeah. one big company versus it does feel nintendo. that way and does look that way i mean nintendo's always had that you know division of nintendo of american nintendo of australia nintendo of japan so you know i can understand that that's how they've set up their business model but the the extraordinary difference in pricing especially on the e-shop i mean and i know that they, they've got to match or, or, you know, be fair to the retailers selling the physical copy, so they can't really undercut them too much on the, the eShop. But at the same time, it just... I, I look at the prices and I go, oh, really? You know, Animal Crossing New Leaf, I've just looked now, fifty nine ninety five. I mean, that's $60. And it's like... That's pretty good compared to your normal 3DS releases, though, right? It's good, but if it was forty nine ninety five, I'd be more interested in it. You know, when I when oh, I sure. when I see fifty nine ninety five, I just go, oh, that's. I I just feel like I'm getting ripped off, and so, well, you are bought for thirty five bucks. <laughs> yeah, whereas I can go online and I can order it from the UK, exactly the same game, uh, and the UK matches the Australian region, and I can. Import it for free shipping for about forty four ninety five. So, you know that's the way I'll buy it. But also it's doing sad, that because this is a game that begs to be digital. I mean, it really does. Yeah, and and look, the other problem with importing too is it can take three or four weeks because you know I'm not paying for express shipping and, and I'm getting free shipping. This thing can take a month to get to me. So by the time I've got it, you finished it three weeks ago. <laughs> That's well, Animal Crossing. I'll never finish. I'll yeah. put in thousands of hours this game. I think. <laughs> yeah, sort of the way I I play Mario Kart, where it's just this never ending game. It's just now, what's always your Mario there. Kart hour? Wait, look it up for me if you're able. Okay, to. it's uh. Last time I looked, it was around 300 hours or something like that. Something crazy. <laughs> something absolutely insane. And uh, but I, You have oh, to find I out what times you're playing Kart. online, because i got to play you one of these days in Mario Kart for 3DS. We, we haven't done Mario Kart 7 yet. We've done... Uh, Just the Wii one so far, yeah. Yep. Okay, I've officially clocked up 305 hours. That's impressive. Uh, it's not when, bad, actually. I've, when was your first, When does it say your start date and your last played? Uh, first played was twenty uh, fifth of the twelfth, two thousand eleven. So twenty fifth of uh, December. So hey, I, okay. I, I must have got that About two years or so. Oh, that's right. I got this, and <laughs> this was the first game I got with my three DS for a Christmas present. So that's this was my first game too, the Mario Kart Seven. Nifty. Uh, uh, my last time yeah. played was yesterday. And the average play time is 32 minutes. So, uh, yeah. Huh. I, it's still like Animal Crossing, sorry for me, the 32-minute thing. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, um, I, I just love it. It's one of those games that you can just pick up all the time and play. It's certainly my uh, most played game, without a doubt. It's, um, 
You know, I like the other games yeah. I've got, but that's just... Mario Kart has always been a killer for me. I love racing games, but Mario Kart just gets it right. They just... Every aspect of it is right. I, you know, I don't... It's delightful racing. It's so much goodness and it, fun. It's fun. I mean, you, it's it's not racing, hey, who can get in front of the other person? It's, hey, who can bomb the hell out of the other person? Oh, I know. The shell. It, it is so aggressive, but it's so innocent. And that's what I like about it. It's It's got that competitive nature without, you know... Having a competitive yeah, nature. I know that sounds strange, but, you know, it, it's really a cool game. I just, I love it. It's Actually, that's one that I should have digitally because I'm constantly swapping the cartridge in I was out. regretting that, too. It's like, I should have bought this digitally. And um, I was wondering, is there any way to transfer a physical save to a digital save if I rebuy it? Like, Ooh. I don't think there is. But I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Although, they have... have to ask the community at large or call up Nintendo see if that's possible. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd that be cool. Uh, but I doubt it. Um, now, one know. thing you can do, there's a 3DS update. Yes. You're able to back up game saves for downloaded titles. Yep. So, I, people are wondering what the use is in this. Uh, the one I came up with is if you're going to download that or delete that game, because it's taking up too much space. Yes. You need to download something else. Now you can just save the game data. So if you re-download it, you'll have access to it, is what e- I came ex- up with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't need to get that large SD card all the time. And eventually, yeah. if you buy enough games digitally, you're going to need two SD cards. You know, I've got 32 gig card I just upgraded to. I think that'll last me a while. Sure. And look, it depends how much you buy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, most of them I buy carts because that's most of the games I need. But for Animal Crossing and some of those other ones that I want all the time, yeah, so, I want So I'm sure digital. some people would buy digital only. You know, they, they oh, just... Oh, I'm sure there's tons of people like that, especially for handheld stuff. Yeah, they go that way uh, because it's easy to access. It's always there on the device all the time. You can get it, as you said... Midnight launch. You can get it straight away. You don't need to go to the store and line up in the freezing I, weather I am and frustrated. Like, most of Nintendo's releases are at noon on Thursday. It's like, midnight release, please. <laughs> so I can download it overnight. I'm ex- you know, excited about that. <laughs> so that when you get home from work, you can play it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it took me 30 minutes from updating uh, Mario U to installing Luigi U to get it up and running. and So 30 minutes was my install time, which wasn't bad at all. Uh, that's that's, to get that that's not bad, really. I mean, for the what's in the game, the size of the game, that's pretty good. So now we, uh, As far as regionality, we found out that both the PS4 and the Xbox One are region-free. This is kind of like well, a new you know, the, thing, I think. Hold on, hold on. This, this is the Xbox 180 now that we're well, talking about. We'll talk about, about the 180 <laughs> thing soon enough, but... Um, but yeah, uh, you know they they did it. A, a one eighty thing. Um, would you like get a PS4 because of the region freeness of it? You know what? That wasn't really an issue for me um, when I had a PlayStation Three. It wasn't okay. Um, I was magic cost would be cheap if you could import any country, right? Yeah, you you know the big thing for me is when they release collector's editions of games. Um, if the collector's edition version. It is the same right around the world. I'm happy. If it's different, which sometimes it is, then that's when I get a bit disappointed. Uh, it's the same with films. They do that with films as well. America gets this really cool box set in Australia. Oh, gets this really crappy box set. So, yeah. you know, when when you have that, that difference, you just sort of go, oh, jeez, I wish everything was region-free. And, and let's be honest, I've been a, a uh, proponent of region-free for a long time because... 
I'd like to be able to have the option to say, oh, look, I can get this from Amazon in America, get it shipped out to me, and it's $5 cheaper than I could buy it from the UK, and it's $15 Does... cheaper than I can buy it locally. So Does I'd Amazon like that. of America shipped to Australia? Some things. Some things. Some things okay. they won't, and some things they do, and then... Most of the things, the price of shipping is so expensive that unless it's a, a, a real collector's thing that you want to get or it's not available anywhere in Australia, that's what you go with. Uh, you know, one thing I ordered recently, which I'm waiting to come in, is a, a it's for my daughter. She loves Scooby-Doo, and it's this Scooby-Doo haunted mansion. And it's it's sort of like a, a dollhouse, but in the Scooby-Doo world, and, and it's got goo and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, they... No one stocked it in Australia. It's something that didn't come out here. It came out in the UK oh. and in, in the US. And I, I was able to pick it up from Amazon for $55 with $45 shipping. <laughs> so, wow. you know, it, it's like... You must like this this uh, child of yours, you know. <laughs> yeah, she, she gets spoiled rotten. Um, and I, I tell mm. her that every time I buy her something too. <laughs> it, it's, you know, look, it, it's one of those things when she's in a hospital bed, having the tonsils and adenoids removed and, and she, a lot of sympathy points you when you're in that state. Oh, uh, she, she pulls the sympathy strings so much. <laughs> and, uh, I, I just can't say no. It, it, and you know, what's bad. She actually found it because she's got the game Scooby-Doo first frights, which, you know, if you've got kids, it's a great game. I played it in, in uh, multiplayer co-op mode with her. Really good, enjoyable game. Uh, you know, the 3D effects were, you know, a little bit questionable. You'd, you'd miss occasionally. You don't ever really die because it's a kid's game. But look, it's Scooby-Doo, and I love Scooby anyway. So uh, it, it sort of played in and worked well. But on the back of the, the instruction manual that came with the, uh, the game, they actually had advertising for... Uh, this unit that I've ordered in from Amazon. So she actually found it via that. Otherwise, she wouldn't have known about it. It's like, no, stop putting advertising on the back of the booklets. So um, so last week, um, we talked about Microsoft and their um, DRM policies. Um, yep. For, forget last week's show. It's, uh, it's, it didn't it's happen. Old, it's old news now. We, yeah, you took the blue pill. You woke up. You know, we're, we're and, back in um, depression mode. We... Um, so, uh, can I read off this uh, blog Go post by Don Matrick here of Xbox and update everyone here? Yep. So, you probably heard about this, but, you know, last week at E3, the excitement, creativity, and future of our industry was on display for a global audience. <laughs> for us, the future comes in the form of Xbox One, a system designed to be the best place to play games this year and for many years to come. As in our heritage with Xbox... We designed a system that would take full advantage of advances in technology in order to deliver a breakthrough in gameplay and entertainment. Very positive here. Here we go. Um, we match a new set of benefits such as easier roaming, uh, family sharing, and new ways to try and buy games. We believe in the benefits of a connected digital future. Um, very well and good. Uh, since unveiling our plans for Xbox One, my team and I have heard directly from many of you Probably the result of low pre-orders. And yeah, uh, re- read your comments and listen to your feedback. I'd like to take the opportunity today to thank you for your assistance in helping us to reshape the future of Xbox One. You told us of how much you love the flexibility you have today with games delivered on disc. The ability to lend, share, and resell these games at your discretion is of incredible importance to you. Also important uh, to you is the freedom to play offline for any length of time anywhere in the world. So today, 
I'm announcing the following changes to Xbox One and how you can play, share, lend, and resell your games exactly as you do today on 360. Here's what that means. Internet connection will not be required to play offline Xbox One games. After a one-time system update set up with a new Xbox One, you can play any disc-based game without ever connecting online again. There's no 24-hour connection requirement, and you can take your Xbox One anywhere you want. Play your games just like the 360. Trade in, lend, resell, gift, and rent disc-based games like you do today. There will be no limitations to using and sharing games. It will work just as it does today. In addition to buying a disc from a retailer, you can also download games from Xbox Live on day of release. If you choose to download your games, you will be able to play them offline just as you do today. One games will be playable on any Xbox One console. There will be no regional restrictions. These changes will impact some of the scenarios we previously announced, such as uh, sharing games will work as it does today. Uh, simply share the disc. Downloaded titles cannot be shared or resold. Also similar today, playing disc-based games will require that the disc be in the tray. We appreciate your passion, support, and willingness to challenge the assumptions of digital licensing and connectivity. While we believe that the majority of people will play games online and access the cloud for both games and entertainment, we will give consumers the choice of both physical and digital content. We've listened and have heard you loud and clear with your feedback. Best of both worlds. Thank you uh, again for your candid feedback. Our team remains committed to listening, taking feedback, and delivering a great product for you later this year. Ooh, so that's the blog post. Reactions, Con- Mark. <laughs> conspiracy theory. Now, I don't believe for a second that this was a result of people's uproar. I believe that Microsoft had this road plan already mapped out. I think they saw the pre-order numbers and yeah. like, oh, crap, no one's buying our console I, and PS4 is getting all the pre-order see, money. See, he- here's why I don't think so. They're not dumb enough to put all that DRM in and, and expect it to fly. That's why I think. Oh, it's a, they are. I well, think, no, cause I, they, no, because Mark, they would have announced all this at E3 because their whole E3 conference was overshadowed by DRM, and they lost they, they, E3. But guess what? They got all the announcements. They got all the news press. That it was Xbox this, Xbox that, Xbox something it was else. Negative stuff though. But a remember, people- bad publicity is good publicity, and what they've done, they've turned that bad publicity now into good publicity. I mean, even having it region free anywhere the around the world. Of, I think they lost the trust of gamers. Like, a gamer still pre-order that PS4, and they're not changing that because Xbox is, you know, I, I, don't, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think, in fact doing this 180 um i think that they've probably garnered trust of users because now nah. it's like hey guess what we're the gaming company that listened to you we're the no. gaming company oh, so is that because they no. didn't they didn't try they only changed because oh how you know because of pre-order he, numbers see tim here's why i don't think they changed i mean look i don't know anything about game development i've never been a game developer and, and never will be but with all the restrictions that they had in place and, and with the, the launch imminent within the next six months of the console, you would think that the developers that are currently working on games would have to have all of this DRM stuff and all of this server-related stuff coded into their games. It would be in their developer That's code That's what the day one so update's forth. all about, Mark. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So they're for, I mean, all the hardware units will ship with the old stuff, and they have the day one update it. Um, to, I mean, to me, like, and when I read the forms and stuff, people still don't trust them because they showed their hand where they want to eventually go, and that's not a future gamers want. And I, I 
I'm not see, sure I, this I, will I, work. I, I think this was just Microsoft going, let's just see if we throw this at the wall, let's see if it sticks. It didn't stick, so they're going to move on. And I, they had try next time around, and like they're sure, and, they, and it won't I stick already know then, what. But, I know their vision. I don't agree with their vision, and I think a lot of people are on that same page. And I think the stigma is already there that um, Jimmy Fallon was telling how he can't uh, used games, and uh, you know, as we talked about with uh, Jeff Gamut the other night, that you know, his, uh, they heard about what the Xbox One was going to do, and they're already scared away and bought a Wii. You know, there, there's already. I think the damage was done, and it's not too late for them. They've got a lot of time for revamping their messaging. But they got a lot of work ahead. I think Sony's light years ahead as far See, as... See, the, the, the problem... I, I just... I believe that they already have this roadmap lined out just in case the, the proverbial shit hit the fan because they, they backflip so I, quickly with so much I heard detail. There was all they can't do that in a week. So I heard there was an all-hands-on meeting for the whole Xbox team after Sony's announcement, and this was, like, very reactionary. And, yeah, I... I so I disagree with you on that. Aspect, I don't know. But. Maybe I'm just the conspiracy theorist at heart. But I'm very I, optimistic with Microsoft's I, heart. Hey, look, I'm, I'm not optimistic. I just think that it was a market employee. I think that it was testing the waters to see what gamers would put up with. And I think that they had an exit plan in which they've delivered. And it's a perfect exit plan. It's what every yeah. gamer wanted. And... You know, I, I think, and so E3, you can sort of do that because it's not the final release of the product yet. So you can sort of test the waters a bit. I think it was more marketing, get some hype going, and then turn around and, and change everything. And now they look like the good guy because they've listened massively yeah. to the user base. I disagree. Base. Like, I think the damage is already done. And I don't think I don't think the damage off. will be done to Microsoft at all. There's too many people who love Microsoft. Uh, sorry, Xbox Live. There's too many people who love the Halo and Gears of War franchise and Forza. I don't think yeah, it, but, it, it I mean, will not there's damage so many, hardcore um, users. The hardware is basically the same, and the PS4 is 100 bucks cheaper. And a lot of people, the, the, lot, so the people that care about the exclusives on Microsoft will go there, but they're going to lose everybody else that doesn't care about those exclusives. You know, the, 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 biggest, the, the biggest problem, as we've mentioned before, with both companies, Sony and Microsoft, is their inability to play PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360 games on the new consoles. That's, you know, really their limiting uh, point because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's why my next console that I purchase will be a Wii U. Not only because I love Nintendo, but because I've got 50 games that I can still And your controllers play still work. And my controllers still work. Uh, so it's not a loss of everything. I don't need to rebuy new controllers. I don't need to to rebuy everything. It, you know, and it, it's just a continuation of what was really cool, only better. And you know that that's cool having that backwards compatibility. You know, Nintendo's done that always well on the DS platform as well. They've always had that backwards compatibility. The 3DS, mm-hmm. Game Boy with the DS, the Game Boy Advance, all the way back to the original Game Boy. Um, even the earlier DSs could still play Game Boy games. Um, yeah. You know, when they first came out, you had the dual slot. You had the slot on the top for the DS and the slot underneath for the Game Boy games. And, you know, that, you know, really tips the hat at people who, number one, love their games, who have legacy games, or who even want to go back and experience games, buy them on the secondhand market and experience them. You know, Yeah, Nintendo treats them as toys, like... It's a toy. It should work forever. You want to experience the toys you had when you were a kid, when you're, yeah. you know, 100 years old. And 
that should work. <laughs> exactly. And even if you look at the PlayStation Portable, you know, that thing had power up the wazoo. The, the PlayStation Portable Vita is gorgeous, but it does nothing. <laughs> you know, there's no games that support it, you know. It's a uh, PlayStation Plus device. You get to play all your free games from PlayStation Plus, and there you go. Yeah, you know... Let's look at it this way. You know, they, they came out with the game cartridges. Well, when they released the PSP Go and then when they released the Vita, the game cartridge, the, the discs, the little mini discs that they had, they're dead now. You can't use them. Um, and, and there was no way to actually say, hey, I've bought this, but can I get a digital version? No, you can't do that. You know, it, it's like every single time you buy a new console, you've, you've got to just change and dump everything else. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like, and, and look, you know, in fairness, people who have PlayStations and Xboxes love them and enjoy them and get lots of, you know, usage out of them for the games that they've got. And if you've got a big collection, that's that's a major issue. It's like, do I buy a PlayStation 4? Because guess what? I've got to also have my PlayStation 3 sitting here. And if I want to play the PlayStation 3 games, which are still cool, they're still awesome mm-hmm. games, I can't play it on the new... It's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just and for stupid. new consumers, you have that first year of the console is always its weakest as far as lack of games. And yeah. PS4 and Xbox One will have that. There won't be a huge amount of games. But if, if um, they could be backwards compatible, people yep. would be more interested because it's like, hey, it's I, like, I can still play the PlayStation games that I've got on there, I, I can still... Or, you know, better yet, GT5, if you're brand you know? new to gaming, you can get old games that work on this. So with me, I'm buying Wii games. I yeah. never owned a Wii. It's two consoles in one for you. And that's another market that they're ignoring too. Absolutely. The, you know, there's a lot that they do right in the way of pushing graphics and performance a, a bit faster than Nintendo does. But then the way that Nintendo handles the upgrade procedure, the way that they handle backwards compatibility is much, much more refined and and better. And, you know, Nintendo's never really been one for, let's push the graphical envelope, let's push the processing envelope, let's see how many atmospheric, uh, you know, elements we can put in. They 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 push push gameplay. gameplay experiences by doing new mechanics and gameplay. That's what they push. Yeah, and... yeah. You, look, you notice it, and, and you know, we had this, um, we started off, and, and I know we've had this topic before come up, you know, with the third-party titles, Nintendo doesn't really support third parties that much, and, and so forth, and with Ubisoft releasing, you know, a ton of new games, it's great to see, but, you know, I've, I've been playing, you know, a few kids' games this week, and we might as well head into the games we've been playing, because this oh, yeah, is probably sure. a good time. Now, I, I've been playing uh, Lego Batman. Good game. You know, that's released by Warner Brothers. And Yep, I but, just got the Wii U version on sale for like 20 or 30 bucks here in the awesome. States. Now, so it's, uh, it's shrink wrap still, and I'm looking forward to playing it. Yeah, you know, it's good, but it's not great. The game mechanics are good, but they're not great. They feel a little bit tacked on. And, well, I'm um, curious the handheld version, how that compares to... I think it's better well, than I'm, 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 t- I'm talking about the Wii, because I've got the Wii okay, version, the Wii. and I'm playing that with my son. And... You know, it, it, it's good, but the, the graphics are just, you know, I, there's not enough separation between your little characters and the background to really, you know, separate what to do. And, and surprisingly, my son, he's six. 
He tells me what to do in the game while we're playing co-op. I've got no idea. I'm like, where do we go now? Where do, everything looks the same. And he tells me where to go. Um, now, that's just one game that, you know, it's, it's done by a third party and it's mediocre. It's still a great game, don't get me wrong. But it could be so much better. Whereas I look at something like Metroid Other M, which is much more uh, mainstream with Nintendo and, and much more made for the hardware. And besides the problems that they had with the same ga- the save game problem where you had to send the game save into Nintendo to get them to fix it. Um, graphically and gameplay-wise, it is an absolutely magical game. It is... It, it's next generation, but previous generation, if that makes sense. It, it can go toe-to-toe, in my opinion, with any PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360 game, both yeah, graphically and gameplay-wise. It's... You know, this is the first time I've actually played it, and um, it was actually great. I got it on sale for eight dollars, so it was like, "Cool, man!" Um, yeah, the Galaxy games are equally like they're so beautiful that it looks like HD graphics, but it's ST there. You know, yeah, it's and, and, what and that's the thing. You sort of look at it and you go, "Hold on a sec! I know this isn't HD, but boy, it looks so fantastic." So what it does prove is it proves that the Wii is certainly capable, not of being HD, but of being as close to HD as you can get. But the developers, the third-party developers, just for the most part, weren't pushing the envelope for that platform. They didn't know how to optimize the hardware. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's where the disappointment is. And and I think, look, Sony and Microsoft have the same problem with their third-party developers. You know, you'll get a game and it's like, okay, this is great, but you know what? It's not Gears of War or it's not Halo or it's not um, Gran Turismo or something like that. You notice games that have a lot more spit and polish, I guess, um, and, and they really push the envelope of what the system's capable of. Metroid Other M, Timothy, seriously, just get it. it it's absolutely astonishing and amazing. It's cinematic. It, it's just I'm still waiting beautiful. to play the Metroid Prime Trilogy. That'll be mm-hmm. up first, I think. <laughs> Play those yeah, and then yeah I've got to get a copy of that myself back from the old GameCube ga- uh, days and, and so forth. I actually, that, that's hard to get now though because it's out of print. I come yeah, I went across, eBay route with that stuff, yeah. Yeah, I came across a copy the other day, brand new for $114. Tempting because oh. it's three massive games, but it was a bit too high. Um, so, oh, well, you got the trilogy one for the Wii? Yeah, that one sells yeah. easily on eBay for around that much, you know. Yeah, well, it, it's rare and it's out of print, so you know. And it was shrink wrapped still. It was shrink wrapped. Yeah, you so. can probably sell that for 150 on eBay. <laughs> probably, um, but you know, the other thing that I'm also considering too, because I've still got the original Wii. Do I just want to get the GameCube versions, pull out the GameCube controller, and just play them that way? I mean, that's certainly another option I can explore, and then just get the third one, of course. Um, yeah, I've got the, the first two as GameCube versions. Um, yep. Because I have a GameCube hooked up to my projector still. So. Yeah, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I might go that way. But uh, anyway, Metroid another, Metroid another M. Why am I calling it another M? This is the second week. I'm such a noob. Uh, no, Metroid Other M. Just, I, I've been blown away with it. I, um... This is the best game since Donkey Kong Country on the Wii for me. Um, it, it really just, it, it, it's the game, Timothy, that turns, that, that I can turn around and say, I don't need a Wii U yet because this is, 
you know, as good as what I'd be getting out of the Wii U. Not quite, but you know what I mean. It's, yeah. It's just, it's so polished, so great. that The one, prob- probably the one disappointment I've got with it, being a, a Metroid fan for many years, it's not as difficult as the other Metroid games. There's no difficulty option uh, that allows you to turn hardcore on. Uh, there's a few too many save points in there, and... You now have this save points. Wow. Well, yeah. I look. I like save points, but not in Metroid. Surprisingly. (laughs) Um, And then you know, there's this map that that gives you the arrow to show you where to go. Now, obviously, in in Metroid, there's always hidden areas to go. You've always got to you know morph into the ball and find where to go to get through uh, to the next stage because the doors are locked, so you just can't proceed. You know, that's a little bit tricky at times to find where that is. But it's, you know, you spend 10 minutes on it, you find it. It's not like the old Metroid games where, you know, you get lost and then you'd have to backtrack an hour and then Mm -hmm. you'd realise, oh, whoops, I should have been over there and now I've got to go another half hour over there. You know, this game feels to me, and I've only played an hour and a half of it, so I'm I'm only relatively new. I I just got a chance last night to play it. I'm going to be playing it all weekend. Uh, so I'll report back next week whether the difficulty increases uh, naturally. Uh, but it just feels to me that it's going to be one of these games that I play through more as an experience rather than an actual game. There's a lot of cutscenes, beautiful cutscenes that, you know, are, are so HD on, on SD, it's not funny. It's like, wow, just Im- impressive cutscenes as the game's loading in the background. And. You know, it, it's one of these that I think the story tells the tale and, and then you just occasionally go through and, and, you know, shoot a few of the bad guys and stuff like that. It's not really... I, I get I don't want to call Metroid a puzzler game, but it's not... You're not going to sort of... If you're hardcore into you're the original Metroid... You're not getting the Metroid Metroids, Prime experience. No, it, it's... It's great, don't get me wrong, it's brilliant, but there's just something on that difficulty level... You know, I, I was hoping that, you know, guess what? This would be something that I'd sit at for hours and I'd want to throw the, the Wii remote at the TV. And it's not doing that to me. Um, the amount of, you know, sort of story that I've got through in the hour and a half, it's like, wow, okay, this is going by much quicker than I want it to. I want to absorb the game a lot more. I want to enjoy it a lot more. Uh, and it's just not quite doing it. It's still, if I had to give it a rating, I'd call it a, an 8 out of 10 for sure mm-hmm. but it's just it's a little bit easy I think and I, look I know that games have changed over the years they make them easier now so that they're more accessible Yeah, but I want more hardcore modes I want you know if I pay X amount for a game I, I want to be able to play it for years and you know this is one of those games that I'll play now and then I'll have to think seriously do I just want to sell it and pick up another game or will I replay this game you know so many times the new games when they're not challenging I I go well that was fun I really enjoyed it it was eight or nine out of ten but I never want to play it again because at the same time there's games like like Smash Brothers and Mario Kart that aren't necessarily hard but they have a lot of replay value yeah yeah you know different type of game granted but you know, I, I like that replayability. I like to uh, to enjoy that. So, look, I'm, I'm undecided on, on Metroid Other M just yet, but what I can say is it's astonishingly graphically gorgeous. Soundtrack is beautiful. 
Gameplay is really fluid and functional. And the way you play it, so you play it, you know, like your classic control, not classic controller, but you, like your NES controller. Um, so you play just with that, no nunchuck. And then when you actually want to go and use missiles, you turn it to face the screen and then it changes the mode and then you can scan hmm. your area and then you can shoot That's missiles cool. out. So it, and I, I thought that would be really clunky and it would be really slow and it would sort of stop the gameplay, like, you know, switching from, you know, your sort of, uh, you know, standard almost 2D mode into then the 3D mode. I thought, oh, you know what? This is going to jolt the system. This is going to slow things down and, and so forth. It's not. It's as fluid as you can get. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. En- enough about my, my love of Metroid Other M. It's... Uh, that game, yeah, cool. that game keep, keeps me from buying the, the Wii U at the moment, uh, just because it's it's that good. And you know, th- this goes back to you know what you were saying earlier about buy a Wii U, and you can still buy all the Wii games and enjoy them. There's a ton of great Wii games out there. I've played a lot of them over the years, and there's still a lot that I haven't played. Um, you know, it, it's certainly not a dead console just because a new console has been released. But when you get Sony and Microsoft saying, "Oh, well, that's dead and that's old," mm-hmm. and tough luck. That's that's really kicking gamers where it hurts because I'm still uh, playing N64 games. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, Virtual Console is our friend. You know, I, well, I'm I using the real uh, the real box and the the controllers and stuff. But yeah, Virtual Console is nice. Um, I'm playing uh, Majora's Mask still. I'm yep. chugging through that. I'm about halfway through the game, and it's a lot of fun. So uh, if you haven't played Majora's Mask before, it's great, and that's one of those excuses I have to pull out my N64, plug it up to the projector, <laughs> and enjoy it, and it's uh, very SD quality there. <laughs> oh, um, sure, but oh, especially on a projector, too. That would be uh, a little bit hard to scales up absolutely with. nicely. Uh, I think TV screens, the bigger, like a 70-inch TV screen, doesn't scale up SD stuff as gracefully as projectors do, because it's less of okay. a pixel-by-pixel representation, yep. as it is a wonderful cinematic thing well that's kind of why I, I wasn't too bothered when i did upgrade my tv a couple of weeks back and i went with a 32 inch we were looking at 40 40 could have fit on the tv stand that we've got but i didn't want to go that high because we've got a lot of dvds we've still you know we love the Wii, so we still play that and so you know we've still got a lot of sd content and i i know from experience from seeing other people's tvs once you take sd from you know up another eight inches it starts to really break up quite a bit and get disappointed, whereas I can yeah. you know, sit back on my lounge now, I'm the 32, play a Wii game, and it, it's great. I mean, you know... Yeah, I can't imagine playing on a screen less than 100 and whatever inches. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's an amazing thing. Like, the SD stuff actually looks pretty good on a projector that's 720p. I mean, it's yep. kind of amazing how that, that works. But um, So besides that, I've been playing a lot of uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. I bought it uh, June 13th, and today, June 21st, I finished its main, game, main story mode. Mm-hmm. At 13 hours, it took me to do this, so 20 times playing. And it's a really tough game that kicks oh, your it butt. Is. I mean, oh, man. Like, the last boss level, World 8, it took me, like, three or four hours to get through that stupid thing. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it's a challenging game. Even on the Wii, it's very challenging. And um, actually, that's one of the games that I've got to pick up again and, and play because it, it's been maybe, I want to say, a year since I played it last. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you have that distance between 
gameplay times, that's when you know, hey, this is, you know, really going to give me a challenge again because I'm not going to remember how to get past yeah. this section or through this section or defeat that boss. Um, so that, I got to say cool. the um, the three D part of this game, it was almost like designed for the level design was almost created for three D. Yeah. Stuff in the back and stuff in the front, and it, it yeah. works brilliant. You know what? It, it looks great even on the standard Wii version, um, you know, where where you've got things in the distance and you jump into the background. You know, it's um, it's very challenging, but it, it's very cool as well. So I, I actually really want to get that. I'm just, you know, it, it's, hey, when it comes down a little bit in price, I'll pick it up. Um you yeah, know, if you're, you're buying a new it. 3DS game, uh, I think Animal Crossing is your winner there since you already have the Wii version. Um, yeah. But um, as far as yeah, Donkey Kong Country, very hard, very challenging, a lot of content to it. I got I got through the main gameplay time in th- 13 hours, but there's a lot more I can do. I need to find all those puzzle pieces. I need to find all the Kongs. Um, so I, I can easily see myself putting 20 to 30 hours into this game, even though I finished it already. Now, you know? now let me ask you, are you a completist where you've got to go and find everything in every level and unlock everything, or are you content with the, the credits rolling and that's the end of the game? Depends on the game, how much I like it. Like mm-hmm. with uh, New Super Mario Brothers U, I 100% of that thing, and it was a blast doing that. Some games I don't get into it as much, and I don't 100% it. Some games I do. It really just depends on the quality of the game. So yep. this one I think I'll want to 100%. Yeah, I, I tend to 100% the, the main storyline and then not go back and get the rest of the stuff. Um, like I with just, this one, there's extra levels I haven't even played because they're locked. So I'm definitely going to unlock yeah, those. Yeah, once they unlock. Yeah, you know, it really depends on the game. Um, but generally, I've found over the years... Once those credits roll and that's it, that's the end of the game. Unless there's alternate endings or, as you said, new levels pop up that you can play or a new way to play it, I generally don't keep playing. I generally say, okay, mm-hmm. well, that's like it. Like the Mario Galaxy games, mm-hmm. I have not 100%ed those yet because I've got other things I want to play. But uh, in a rainy day, I might pull those out and, hey, yep. there's more stuff I can do with it, you know? Yeah, Definitely. Um, so that was when I've been playing, but mostly I've been playing Animal Crossing quite a bit, and uh, I, I, it's funny. I, it's I, I don't feel ashamed for playing it since there's so many other guys my age playing this. But <laughs> it feel I mean it's weird the universal appeal of Animal Crossing. I didn't think uh, was there until I started playing it, and it really is. You know, you feel like it's such a girly girl playing it, but it's not that at all. Um, I think I explained this uh, several times before, but once again, this is basically uh, retreating into an alternative reality, the same time and you know um, that we are today. But in this new little universe, it's all warm and bubbly, and it's like going going on vacation for thirty minutes at a time. It's mm-hmm. it really is vacation every day of my life, and it's it's one of the few games I'll play without podcasts or any other things going on, just music. And me engrossed in that experience because I don't want to be distracted while I'm on vacation. That's uh, well, that, that's focus. saying something. Yeah, I basically ninety nine percent of games I will put a podcast on the background because I want to multitask in, in entertainment See, and I, enjoyment. I cannot do that. I love the the experience of going through the story. Um, you know, the, the kids even know to be quiet when Daddy's playing a game. You know, like last night. You know, the kids are telling each other, shh, daddy's playing. Because they know that I, I've got to grasp onto every single word that's spoken, every single scene. I love, maybe it's because I love films so much. I just, mm-hmm. 
and and books. I, I read a lot. I, I just love that whole story. Uh, yeah, I do too. Told. But like some some games, like I, 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 I guess can, Mario I can enjoy Kart, Mario sure. playing <laughs> yeah. a podcast as well. You know, um, you know Mario like, Kart. I could definitely it? have something going on in, but Metroid. So like, no, it, it's got to be mm-hmm. just solidly into that game. So Luigi's Mansion, I like to play that with just that going on. And mm-hmm. Animal Crossing is another one of those. I need just the music and the game because it is vacation. I don't want my mind wandering off in other places. I want to bask in this peaceful music and sound effects. And it, it's and it's quite special as far as, like, I didn't know it was Summer Solstice today. And then they woke up, load up Animal Crossing. Hey, it's <laughs> Summer Solstice. We got some cool things going on today for you. You know, um, here's some free sunglasses. And it really does, like, it's 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 wonderful. It's, That's so and, awesome. Uh, the, yeah. Another interesting thing I noticed was I visited someone's town in a different time zone. And I went from my time at like 930 at night to like 430 in the afternoon. It's like I changed time zones. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so if I ever visit your town, I'll be able to transport into Australian time, which will be cool. <laughs> that's pretty nifty. I'm, I'm certainly going to have to pick that up. I'll, I'll certainly scour the Internet and, and see where I can get it cheap. And, and we'll try and get that set up so that we can uh, link up and, and uh, visit each other virtually in this new world. Because it sounds like a lot of fun. It's such it's weird because I thought I when I was hearing the Nintendo directs about it and the advertisements about it, it's like there's no way I'm gonna like this. It's just stupid Farmville. I never liked Farmville mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But it's so different. Like this is there's no worrying about buying extra stuff in the town with real money. It's just this peaceful little retreat, and it's it's so well done. Like uh, yeah, it's Fantastic. Great. Get it if you haven't bought it. Um, and yeah, we should put our friend codes in the, um, show notes so people can yes, add we've us. Yes, we've got to then, do that. Yeah. We, we but, should uh, do that. So we'll try and do that for this episode. I'll get yours off you and then I'll, I'll put mine in as well, uh, so that everyone's got it. Uh, cause that'd be cool. So the, we'd, we'd yeah, love the last to get thing I want to friend request. before leaving today, um, I know we're running a little bit long, um, I'm not sure if we are or not, um, but Rose Colored Gaming, do a Google search on that. I discovered them just today. They sell modded old uh, GBAs that have backlit screens. So if you want the original GBA with that really comfortable form factor, they actually sell like pristine units with backlit displays uh, with their on their eBay store or whatever it is. Um, really cool stuff. They seem like they really care about retro gaming and they're doing some cool things. They're pretty soon going to be modding N64s and NESs with like HDMI inputs and outputs and stuff. And they're, they're doing some cool stuff with modding. So check those guys out. Awesome, I'm on that website now, so uh, nice. Yeah, I'll be getting one of their GBAs at some point, because I, lo- I love that original form factor. It se- looks so comfortable to hold. Yeah, it, look, it was just a shame, as, as I've mentioned before, that it didn't have that backlit screen. But, uh, oh, it does. <laughs> it does now. Fantastic. That's, that's cool. I might have to... Uh, yeah, I, I know the shipping will be more expensive out to Australia, but we'll have to see. <laughs> Oh, yeah. See what we can do on that side of the fence. Anyway, Timothy, where can the listeners find out more about you? I am T-C-H-A-T-E-N on Meverse, on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. So check out there. Um, And then the International Film Club podcast, me and Mark do that as well. So check that podcast out in iTunes. And uh, you can Google search it as well. 
Fantastic. And for anything relating to me, simply head across to markgrantree.com. Well, thank you for listening and subscribing. Until next week, take care. Hey, Gaz, do you like apples? Yes, I love coxes because they're hard and juicy. Huh? Do you mean what I think you mean? Yeah, coxes pipping apples. They come from Somerset Guy. Everyone knows that. But... We're talking about the MyMac.com podcast. It's been around since 2004. Oh, I see. That type of apple. Exactly. You can find it in iTunes. Talk to us from Twitter or Facebook. Or call us on our Skype number, which is... 703-436-9501. There. Said it before you could.